When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the fifth quarter studio in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to the Coaching Youth Hoops Podcast. They're playing Basketball. Basketball. Here's our hosts, Steve Collins. Steve Collins. And Bill Flitter. Bill Flitter. Hello, coaches. Welcome to another episode of Coaching Youth Hoops. If you're looking at your screen right now, you'll recognize this face if you listen to the podcast on a regular basis or see us on YouTube, I should say. Uh, we are back with Doc Shepler from the infamous Pinewood girls basketball team. He's been there for how many years at Pinewood, Coach? I started in 95, 96. So, okay, so. Uh, do the math on that. So. Yeah, quite a few years. That it One, that's math, incredible math. that any coach stays There's around 20, that long. Eight years, something like that? Yeah. I don't know. 29 that's, years? I don't know. That's amazing um, that you've survived that long. But uh, if you didn't listen to the podcast before, one, stop, go back, and then catch up to this one and listen to this one. And again, pull over, get your notebook out, because I guarantee you, you will want to take notes on this one. We have a pretty exciting uh, subject. We're uh, we're talking about uh, vision, decision, and execution. Doc will explain his framework uh, on that. Uh, This is going to be a good one again. But let's uh, before we get started... Uh, let's talk about Doc here. Over 700 career wins, six-time Division Five California State champion. Guy's been around, had success. Shooting coach for Jeremy Lin. What else? We got 13 sectional championships, 25 league championships, 2014 uh, State Coach of the Year. Uh, nickname is King of Hop. Which uh, maybe you can tell That's us why are you the King of Hop? I'll let you explain that. This time. I explained it the last time. So you go in. I want to hear your version of this. Well, it, the funny thing is, back in the mid-80s, um, I noticed uh, players at the pro level and even college level when I was watching Steve Kerr and Craig McMillan play at Arizona or Craig Hodges, Dale Ellis, Danny Ainge, Jerry Seasting, uh, Scott Wedman, they would hop on their catch and they would get it off quickly. And I adopted that in my own particular game. And... I started teaching individual lessons without cones and et cetera back in 1986. Um, They had tennis lessons, golf lessons, racquetball lessons. I was going to teach basketball lessons. Now every Tom, Dick, and Harry 
is a basketball trainer now. So make sure you choose that wisely, everybody. Um, make it functional skills. Uh, keep yeah. the two balls and the five dribble combo moves at home. So anyway, um, with that in mind, I started doing that and I became so much better because I had a quicker release. And I would teach that to my players at my high school teams, taught it to my daughter. And uh, people looked at her like she was some kind of, what is she doing? It's like she's catching and shooting, catch and shoot, catch and shoot. One of my players says, are you saying cashew? No, catch and shoot, <laughs> catch and shoot. Um, and she had a very quick release, resulted in her hitting 395 career threes back from 95 to 98. And this is how my team is played. And they're all known as hop shooters off a of catch. They're all hop shooters. So it ran into quite a bit of flack from the traditional one, two people. And I, I still battle that battle all the time with when you dip the ball, it's going to be slower. I mean, even had a Facebook convo this morning about play didn't dip on his corner three at the end of the third quarter yesterday, but you know, he caught it here and he brought it to his chest that's a dip. He didn't catch it at his chest and bring it to his waist. So we actually dipped the ball, you know, but <laughs> you can't convince people that video proof doesn't make it seem like that. So I've been a proponent of teaching a catch and shoot off a hop. So that's so what the I, there we go. The king of hop moniker. There's Michael, Michael uh, Jackson <laughs> was the king of <laughs> hop. I am the king of hop. There we go. And it's funny because I and we talked uh, uh, or after a previous uh, conversation on the podcast, I went and uh, I had training sessions with uh, three or four uh, players. And I've been teaching that the hop shot four years, five years, I think about. And uh, but one of the things that you had mentioned to me was footwork. And I didn't put enough emphasis on the footwork, although we included it, but it wasn't enough. But I. Uh, I asked them, I did your boing, boing thing. And I said, and I said, okay, what does that sound like? Boing, boing, boing. Right. And, and they said, Tigger. Right. And I'm like, oh yeah, Tigger. And I'm like, oh, it's great. Like add a little Tigger in your toes. Right. So we, yeah. uh, that's what we say now. We got a little Tigger. Yeah, in somebody, toes. You know, one of my friends, Craig Campbell, who, you know, teaches his players at Clovis West hopping on their catch and shoot calls your feet, your feet fire, your feet are on yeah, charcoal. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get off the ground quick. And um, that's, that's a key proponent of having a quick release. So, um, is jumping quickly instead of bending your knees after your feet land. So that's funny. Anyway. Yeah. Cause we did all of that. I mean, we went through, I think we spent about 10 minutes, no ball working on the shot, just footwork, just all footwork, you know? So thank you for that. Um, and like, <laughs> I, and I even texted you afterwards and said, they didn't want to leave. We were there for almost two hours and I coached it's over already. I'm like, yeah, sorry, I got it. Well, that's when you know you have. To I mean, that, that relates yeah. to our our previous podcast. You have to hook them on the game. I yeah. bet you they went practiced on their own. You know, yeah. so you gave we'll them. See. You know, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see on Thursday. Uh, no, I. You know, that's when I pull the uh, Liam Neeson yeah. line from Taken. Uh, if you don't practice, I'll look for you. I'll find you, and I will kill you. So, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, they have their Christmas present. That's the thing. Is that. It's yeah, what do you do with a toy right. that you get for Christmas? You go out and play with it. Well, your your toy that you're giving them, Bill, is the learning to shot. And once you learn to shoot and you see the ball go in, it's like that snowball going down the mountain. And that's that's, right. that's our yeah. job as coaches is to get that fire lit. 
Yeah, we were playing loud music. I was excited. I was hopping around myself. So it was uh, it was quite the scene. You would have been proud, Coach. Yeah, All right, I today, let's dive into uh, the subject matter today because I'm really curious on how you break the game down. I think this is really important. This goes to your philosophy of a quick shot, right? Um, again, right. we're talking about vision, decision, and execution. Explain what that means. Well, anything involved with a open skill sport, a closed skill sport, I think we mentioned it before, is like archery, bowling, things that the parameters are all here. You just yeah. gymnastics, you know, dancing, ice skating. They're all just, okay, I'm just going to do that. But basketball, soccer, water polo, hockey, lacrosse, all those are open skill sports where they're mm -hmm. constantly changing variables. And you have to have your eyes being a very active part of the situation and training your eyes to do the right thing at the right time is what I call sight skills. You know, you have ball skills, you have foot skills, you put them together, and then you have to create situations where they're using their sight skills to make the right decision at the right time. So that's why when you design a practice, there should be lots of one-on-one -on -one where they're having vision on how the defensive player is playing them um, in three different types of situation of which you have the ball. One would be right off a catch, what I call a catch and shoot, or triple threat to where you're pivoting and creating a situation there, which I don't teach as much anymore. And then they're working off a live dribble. You can be in triple threat in a live dribble because you're still able to shoot, drive, or pass off a dribble. You're still able to shoot, drive, or pass off a catch. So that's where triple threat is kind of, you can still be in triple threat with a lateral space dribble where you're reading the defender while you're moving yeah. laterally to try and set them up for a drive or a shot. So all of all of our practices involve the progression of, well, we're going to work first. And I, I discovered this back when I played. I can give you an example of this. I was making a buck 65 opening a gym for the rec department in the summer. And I was so <laughs> envious the year before because I was out sweating in the middle of the summer coaching 11, 12-year-old boys in baseball. And I loved it. But there was a guy that opened the gym from one to four at Burlingame High School. The rec opened it for him. And I go like, I want that because <laughs> and I was a senior at the time and I opened the gym at one. And what happened when I opened it? I'm the only guy there. So I'm shooting. Bill would show up and we would play horse or something. And then, well, you want to play one on one? And we play one on one. Then all of a sudden, Don and John show up. And, well, what do you do when you got four guys? Well, you play two-on-two. Two. And then, sure enough, a couple minutes later, more people show up. Oh, what are we going to play three on three, four on four? Ah, we got enough for full court. So look at the progression in terms of learning. Yeah. I have to first learn to attack my primary defender. And then when play two-on-two, two, yeah, I got to attack you. Then I got to read and respond to that second defender. Do I pass or do I keep going? You know, um, and then three on three. Well, I react to the primary defender. They're not there. I go by. Oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. I pass and screen away. I pass and give and go cut. I space the floor on people's penetration. And then you play fours. You have to work on your spacing. And then fives full court. You work on your dribble move. So look at the progression that I experienced for six, seven weeks as a basketball player that was going to play in junior college. It's like I got so much better. Because I was playing five days a week, 
of ones, twos, threes, and fours. Mm -hmm. And to develop that vision, decision, execution template, you've got to first play one-on-one. You have to, the most important decision you want your players to develop is right when they catch the ball, is they going to shoot it or drive it? The goal of every closeout in basketball Mm -hmm. is to be there on the catch. Why? Because there's no advantage. Uh, Several of the guys and gals that I talked about in the previous podcast whether it be Alex Sarama or Mark Cassio, Doug Novak, Brent Timpton, Alex Sarama, um, Ross McMains, they all have this in outline form and they're on the internet. All right. That's my George Bush, the internet, uh, <laughs> you know, um, to where you, Brian McCormick as well, yeah. to where they have their principles and how they play offense in written outline formed. And it was like me, it was like, this is like, candy for me this is unbelievable and i just absolutely loved looking at that so the template of playing basketball is that you have to first read that defender on the closeout mm-hmm. i plan to shoot i react to attack and that's my moniker where i'm thinking i'm going to shoot the ball and my reaction is to drive so picture this a baseball player plans to hit every pitch and they react not to swing because it's a ball high or low. But when there's no reaction not to swing, they continue on with what they planned and and they hit the ball. Well, being an offensive player, you have the same mentality. I'm going to be a weapon when I catch the ball. I'm going to shoot it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to drive it or I'm going to move the ball. I'm never, the ball is always going to be shot, driven or passed. And that's, Vision on that makes I'm making a vision. I'm making a decision to shoot or drive, but I make that decision more. Uh, what's there? Not easier. You make it easier by having a set plan and then reacting to do it. So execution means the fact that I'm going to execute the right way to catch and drive, the right way to catch and shoot. And this is yeah, when it's it's funny when. I taught a catch and drive. I used to teach it with your feet parallel. An L, I jump stop, I cross over. I jump stop, I cross over. But then I figured, I don't know how long ago it was. I just uh, put my head together and said, well, no, on on a first step from triple threat, my feet are at a 45-degree angle. I take a rocker step by them. And when I make a dribble hesitation move, my feet are at this 45 degree angle. So I call this the split. In other words, when I catch the ball, instead of landing to shoot, I split my feet. So the ball in the air, feet in the air, as I land, when I make that decision, I plan to shoot, I react to drive, I plan to shoot, I react to split. And I train that in them over and over again, where I just have them catch the ball, they split. I've got it to the point where I've really, really learned how important core strength is to improve somebody's first step. The pushing angle is such to where their feet placement have to be right. If you remember Kevin Durant, when his feet hit the ground, when he tore his Achilles tendon, this puts a lot of pressure. So when your feet are driving to your right, your feet are actually parallel to each other, but they're facing at 10 o'clock on the, so they're facing like Mm. this. Why? Because you get more glute work into that maximum push because it's just not your calf and your Achilles tendon. You're using your whole body. 
as one of my physical therapist friends said, well, now you want to really be able to have a strong core to make that push come down the chain. And we're, and it's like, wow, this is really good. So um, that's how we develop that. So it, it's, 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 crazy, it's pretty yeah. advanced. It's advanced stuff. And I can see by the look on your face, you're going like, what the hell are you? Well, yeah, I have about? a lot of, yeah, I have a lot of questions stuff is, about that. You plan yeah. to shoot, react to split. Yeah. So when people talk about, you're going to, yeah, and I, this is my go-to imitation of know-it-all coaches that don't know anything. I call them know-nothing know-it-alls. You're going to catch and rip through. You know, it's like, yeah, but you're going to catch and go by. Oh, no, the ball's going to, no. When you're, when you're catching and driving, you're going to quickly bring the ball there and your shoulder comes in front. They're not going to get the ball. Trust me on that. So, so many times guys will catch and spend time whipping through whipping, and right. they haven't driven yet. They haven't driven yet. So we want our players to be able to attack that area right away. So instead of a one, two, and then attacking that spot, we're going to split. So we're sprinting right when our feet hit the ground. So we go into such detail of first step speed footwork. And we talked about that in terms of player development, yeah. in terms of first step speed and how to do it. Well, we we master it from a jump stop. It's basically a mini stop, stop cut, jump cut, and football, same thing. And we train them to make the right decision to be able to do the right thing at the right time. And I always say, if you shoot the ball and it's the wrong decision, what happened? What happened? I'm asking you, what happened? I shot the ball and I'm going to say, hey, Bill, you made the wrong choice there, dude. What happened? They blocked your shot, right? They blocked your shot. What should you have done? Right. Should have drove, all right? Now, if I try a drive and I don't get by you, what should I have done? Should have passed. I should have shot. I should have shot. Oh, shot. Yeah. 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 Because if there's enough... And this is where oh, people it make enough a space mistake. You're talking about. Yeah, I got you. you know, I got you. you know, yeah. Right, right, right. If, if I'm a dumb coach and I've got Bill Flitter, the best shooter in America, right? I got you on my team and you've missed your first two shots. You know, Bill, you know what? I don't want you to shoot anymore. I want you to drive. Why don't you drive now? It's like, no, because you want to treat their vision decision to be right. You want to say, hey, Bill. Those shots look really good. Next one's going in. I know it. It looks good. Keep shooting. Yeah. What would that do to you? You're going to go like, well, shit, the coach believes in me. Let's That's go. Right. Boost my Go rather than yeah. you don't want to shoot anymore because you're not on today. <laughs> you know, the best way to get on after you're off is to keep shooting. So the quacks that tell people that, you know, you should drive more. They, they need to get to the basket. They're cranking, jacking, chucking threes up. As long as they're catch and shoot threes, it's going to even out. And if you don't hit them, that's all right. It's not like we're going to feed the ball into a 5'9 post girl against a 6'2 girl and get scores. So well, um, I want to step back, though, uh, because I think there's uh, there's a, just a lot to unpack in this. So going back to how you – let's just start how you land, because I think that's really important. So from what I understand – from what you had said is, okay, I'm passing you the ball. Okay. Now I haven't made, I'm, I need to, I need to have the vision because I need to see where the defense is. So I need to know how I'm going to land if I'm going to shoot or drive, but are you right. saying I'm landing 
the same way, whether I'm shooting or driving. Nope. No, that's not what you're saying. So nope. there are two different ways yeah. to, okay, got That's what I thought, because what I was confused about when you were talking about the feet apart. So if I know I'm driving, I land with my feet apart so I can do a rocker step and go. Is okay, that I'm going to generally... show you a video of a go and catch right here. Now, this is Jalen. Can you see that? Yeah. I'll let it play one more time. Uh, it paused right now, so play one more time. We'll make sure we can see this. So uh, coach is showing a video. Oh, we caught it late. It went fast forward. Sorry. You know, I could add it to the show notes too. Or is it a personal video or is it online? I could send it to you. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I saw that. Yeah, feet, his feet were apart. So what he part. did with his feet is th- I call that a go and catch. So with my team, we develop six or seven different moves off a catch where you don't, okay. don't catch a pivot, you catch and drive. That was a go and catch. He's going before he catches the ball. Yeah, he yeah. realizes that he's got an open area right away. Yeah. And then we have a double fake to where we give a little, little shimmy, boom, yeah. boom, and then we go. And then we have a normal catch and drive. So there's three different tempos mm. to throw a defender off. Yeah. And then we have a sprint and catch to where I'm running to the ball and I, it's like a dribble handoff or a kickback to where they're yes. just, they're going. Then we have a shot fake drive. And then we have a, a catch drive fake go opposite to where my drive would go. So we develop these moves through time. And when you plan to shoot, all your training is this. Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. I just want to jump in here real quick and remind you to go over and check out coachingyouthhoops.com. It is the one-stop shop for youth basketball coaches. It's got practice plans. It's got a roadmap. It's got everything you need in there to become a better youth basketball coach. Those practice plans alone are worth it. Um, prices are going to be going up. So if you're thinking of joining, I would jump in right now, coachingyouthhoops.com. And let's head back to the podcast. Do that over and over again. And what we've done, we've got to the, I mean, we've gone to the intricate detail of having somebody do it with bands on Mm, to mm, where you have mm, bands around your thighs, bands around your ankles. So you train that nice pull. Mm -hmm. The key to this is that both feet have to land at the same time. You don't want to hop one, two. You don't want to go forward. You just want to split your feet. And where I learned that, and I think I said this to you in the previous one, is from playing tennis. I didn't play basketball for a year. Um, and I don't know if I told you this story or not. So no, did I tell you? Yeah. Right no, now? not the tennis. Well, when I was 20, I, 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 I retired from basketball, and I thought I was going to be a tennis player. So all I did was play tennis. I didn't. Basketball sucks. It's terrible. I hate basketball, you know? But then... I couldn't play on a rainy day and the gym was open at the high school by the rec department on a Saturday. And I went in there and I played basketball. I couldn't believe my first step speed was so much better. Mm. I couldn't shoot a lick. I couldn't shoot a lick because yeah. my for my right forearm turned into Popeye the sailor man from playing <laughs> so much tennis that I couldn't snap my wrist because my ri- my forearm were so tight that I had no more wrist flexion anymore because gripping oh, that racket and doing that yeah. 
My forearm was so developed, but my first step speed was so good. Turning somebody was like unbelievable. Why is that? Because I have to react to the ball and be in a dead sprint right when the ball hits the strings. And I have to, and what do you, what do they call in tennis? They call it a split stop. So a screen, a, a serve and volley, or you watch any great tennis player when the ball hits the strings, what do they do with their feet? They react with their feet wide and they split and boom, boom. So I, I attach that transfer to a catch and drive and putting their feet at an angle where they have maximum amount of muscular force and mask maximum amount of push angle in the direction I want to go. So I don't mean to get in all this detail. But no, this is, this is good detail. And it's part of the reason why my, it's part of the reason why our team is good is because yeah. this is what I've acquired. Yeah. And this is why it's important for coaches to listen to podcasts, to develop their improvement. If we ask our players to get better, well, why in the hell aren't you getting better? That's right. Um, yeah. So, it's a funny story. When I worked with Jeremy Lin in 2011 and his normal guy was not there, he's going to law school. So I was working on some ball handling things and stuff like that. He shot, obviously. Then I was teaching him a catch and drive. And I, I was talking about pushing angles back in 2011. And he and his brother looked at me and were like, what's up with the pushing angles? It's like, no, no, this is how you drive. And he would catch and rip through and he would get to that drive later. But when he caught and drove, it was like right away you're attacked and you mm. watch players now. This is how they do it. So it, yeah. when his coach with the Knicks after Linsanity came and visited, he had never heard of this. And I was training Jeremy with a verbal command since I didn't close out on him. As the ball's in flight to him, I'm telling him to mm. shoot or drive mm-hmm. with the plan to shoot, react to split without a defender. And that's how you can train somebody to make a, a decision that's based on a verbal cue, which is harder to be able to, right. you know, take in than it is a visual cue. So and is the ball in the air at this point? Cause I think this is really he's cool. now with the warriors. Ball. Kenny is now with the warriors. He looked at me like I'm some kind of nut, but he says, I love this. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this. And when he was back with the Knicks and back with the Hawks, he says, doc, this stuff really works. I was just telling him to shoot or drive. Off the catch, yeah, plan to shoot, react to drive, you're a weapon on the catch. And yeah. you can train somebody to be able to make that first vision, decision, and executing it the right way. And that starts that starts with being a weapon on the catch. Well, let's, let's a couple questions in there. One is then uh, simple drill to teach it. Are you, is the ball in flight when you're saying drive or shoot? Balls in flight. Balls in flight. Okay, yeah. that's number one. And then yeah, two, balls in flight. Is, what do you so, think? So again, great. A lot of great school coaches uh, listening to the podcast. I think this is good stuff that they can teach. Uh, so every much, day, here's remember yeah, that. That's, there we go. Yeah, you have a line of three. It's Bill, Doc, and Don. Mm-hmm. Doc dribbles out, two dribbles, comes to a jump stop, pivots, passes to Bill. Bill catches it, two dribbles pivots, yeah. passes back to Don, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Everybody's done that drill, which is a good drill just in itself. We've we've attached a split and drive with that. So when okay. I pass the bill, he splits, drives, jump stops, passes to Don. Mm. Don splits, 
and then we work on our different moves. So yeah. you can train that. You can add that passer to be the closeout mm -hmm. person. So they read that closeout in the right way. Um, I've learned from, oh, what was his name? Mike something. Mike about guided, guided practice. Guided to where you know you're going to drive every single time. So you give them the read that you want them to develop. Yeah. And then you make it variable to where they got to shoot it or they got to drive it. So that's why every day when we work on our shooting drills, there's always a component of a decision making to shoot the ball. So as a grade school coach, this you put to get somebody to really learn, you put an X taped on the floor, four feet long. And I call it the X drill. So if you put their if you manipulate your feet to be on that X like there is on the dice or an X their feet are going to be right on that masking mm -hmm. tape and they'll feel the pushing angle they want to be on their split and sprint. And at our gym here at Pinewood, they won't let us put the tape on the ground anymore because it's marking up the floor. But that's something you can do at your gym. It's just put a big four yeah. foot, four foot X in length and have their feet hit wide. And one sound, hit wide, feet facing 10 o'clock if they're going to their right, 2 o'clock if they're facing left. Um, teach them to be explosive right on the get-go as far as a start. And then we do lots of first-step speed drills, too, to supplement that. But uh, that's a dr very easy drill for yeah. – and every day they should do that. Catch and drive, catch and drive, catch and drive. And – uh, sooner or later, when you add a defensive player and you make it live, hopefully in that time when they're playing in a game, they'll make the vision decision to do the right thing at the right time. They won't be tentative or catch the ball. You know, but you know, I have a couple of players on my team that still will catch. Mm -hmm. They'll catch. Take a look at the defense. Oh, I'm open. Wow. Tap their foot down and shoot the ball instead of. Reading, I, I I can see I can see Bill in my peripheral vision, and when I catch the ball, I kind of have a sense of what I'm going to do. I'm planning to shoot it. It's gone. If they shoot the ball and it's blocked, that's all right. I don't care. You get better when you make your decision. Now, there's a difference between Doc Shepler closing out on Bill and LeBron James in terms of speed, <laughs> right. in terms of yeah. speed, in terms of length. But I always I I learned something from other sports. Is this is why. This is going to get intricate for you, so I'm sorry to bore the the grade school coaches, but the, the other coaches on here will go like, God, this guy's really thought about this. So if I have a .6 catch and shoot, mm -hmm. right, that video I sent you of – did I send you the video of Patrick McCaw before and after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a yeah. three-tenth difference between example one, example two. Three-tenths of a difference in his shot release. One was .99. The other was 0.63. That 0.3 means distance that a defensive player can close out. And Mike Kruko would say when they measure somebody's speed from first to second when they're stealing, he measures the pitcher's release to home plate and the catcher's release from the catcher's box to second base. And they time that to where that boom, boom, that adds to – 3.1. Well, mm. if that runner can get to second in 2.8, every three feet is a tenth of a second. So, tenth of a second, three feet, 
0.3, that's nine feet difference that Patrick McCall will now be able to get a catch and shoot over a closeout. So in other words, we, we made him with that quick release, a more active player. So if I know Bill has a quick catch and shoot, I got to be there on a catch. Mm-hmm. If I'm not there in a the catch, it's gone. If I'm moving there on the catch, Bill is gone by me. If I'm there on the catch, which I should be stationary, ready to guard you, then I'm on equal terms. I'm in neutral. I I can I can defend people in triple threat. Yeah. You understand that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I noticed this when this is 15, 20 Amazing. years ago, yeah. that all of our we would play th- those three different types of one-on-one close out, off dribble, and off a catch, uh, and triple threat, triple threat off a dribble and uh off a catch, that the closeout offensive player would win every time. And it was like, oh, well, maybe I ought to just play basketball to where we create closeouts for our team. So every set action trigger that we ran, let's just go over a high pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And I'm using that screen. Well, you roll somebody from the offside's got to tag the roller. I read that. I bring the ball above my head. Whoop. I pass to the person that's lifting up. What do they got as a result of them tagging that roller? They have a long closeout. What are they doing? They're going to catch and shoot. They're going to catch and drive, or they're going to move the ball. So when you talk about our offensive philosophy, it's all about creating advantages with our actions. And if the reason that our team is really good is that every girl has a quick catch and shoot. They all can shoot the ball. Hopefully I'll train them to make that good first touch decision. And then when we get in that situation, I talk about a first dribble decision. So I'm Mm. reacting to with my eyes forward. I'm reacting to where in the hell is the help coming from? No help. I'm going to keep going. So all the coaches that want their players, especially the youth players, you got to get to the rim in one dribble. (laughs) They're four feet eight. They're not going to get to the rim in one dribble. You know, they're too small. So don't have them get to the rim in one dribble. So I say you have to be full speed right when you start your drive. First dribble decision, you have to be under control. You can't be accumulating your speed. I call that the decision zone. Where am I going? And then if there's no help, I get to the finish zone. What finish am I going to use in this situation? So prescribing finishes that we've already repped out without a defensive player. Now we got to work on advantage basketball to where now I'm working on finishes against that particular defender. That's my primary defender. And then we work on finishes against a secondary defender, whether it be a floater, whether it be a Euro step, which people use all the time, you know, the be the finish that they develop in players. I'll see people using a Euro step when it's not the right time to use the Euro step, uh, which makes me crazy, but uh, it, it might be a pro hop. It might be something to where I attack that defender and do a spin finish against that secondary defender. So um, first dribble decision is really, really important. Where am I going with the ball, you know, and executing, executing means giving the players the tools to be able to make the right pass. So we work extensively on maybe 15 to 20 passes that you see people make. But most of the time when when coaches work on passing, chest pass, two-hand yeah. chest pass, <laughs> out, 
Bounce pass on the ground, overhead pass. You know, they don't work on a lateral pass. They don't work on a baseball bounce pass. They don't work on an upcourt pitch ahead pass. They don't work on a triple threat pass where I hook it around. I don't work on a post feed pass. I don't work on a pass off my dribble overhead pass. There's a ton of them that when we run our actions, we want them to make a vision decision execution to make the right executed pass. Because as when we play, like I talked about in the other podcast, uh, playing keep away is a great game for kids to play, even at the high school level. Four on four, no dribble. Five on five, no dribble. To where they work on passing angles and delivery and pass fake pass and all those different things. But if they're not taught to make the right pass in a fundamental standpoint, then they're not going to be able to have the ability. They saw, they decided, but they threw the wrong pass. It was terrible. <laughs> you know, you know, it yeah. wasn't the right pass. So right, it's our right. job as coaches is to equip all of our players with everything they need to execute whatever system you want to play in. So that requires, you know, a structured practice plan that gets those things. And what we talked about the previous podcast is layering it to the point where you're progressing in a manner that you want them to progress. Well, and again, it, this comes back to, I mean, a lot of the discussion that we we had, at least about the you know early decision, is footwork. How Correct. do I land? You know, it, you know. Obviously, I have the vision of okay, am I going to land on two uh, uh, on the catch, or am I going to land in the split step because right. I'm going to drive? So, and then it's all footwork and practicing that footwork and getting stronger. Um, yeah, this is this is amazing, uh, Coach. You, I mean, you have broken the game down to a level. No wonder why you guys win. I mean, this is the kind of level. Now, we don't expect the youth coaches to get to this level yet, but it, like you said, it's the layering effect. So, where does it start? It starts with giving them the footwork. That's yeah. what you can start with with second and third graders go. or first graders. Teach them how to stop. Teach them how to pivot. You know, teach them how to handle the ball teach them how to have fun, hook them on the game. So when they, you know, they're not going to be able to do all these intricate things that people want, but they can still know what their feet are doing. Their feet are so important. Um, we go over it with my, my high school team every day in practice. Mm. They work on different foot skills when they do their dynamic warm up, And when they don't do it right, Mount St. Shepler explodes. <laughs> Hot lava. You know, you're going to do yeah. it right. You're going to do it right. Yeah. And that's what kids learn third, fourth grade. If you do it right, you'll be more successful. And when the kids are successful, the light bulb will go on and go like, hey, if you do it right. Yeah. Confidence grows from being good at something. You know, right. yeah. I sucked skiing. I never skied again because I sucked at it. I didn't have the discipline to stay through it. What I've learned through my life. In the last three or four years is my core strength sucked. My glute strength sucked. I was just a trained basketball player that didn't work <laughs> on those aspects to make myself better in those regards. So I had these muscles that were overdeveloped and muscles that were underdeveloped. That's why I couldn't ski or water ski or, or, or do any balance work because I was terrible at it. At 69, I now realize why I sucked, but it's too late. You know, <laughs> it's too late. So, uh, uh, that's the thing where the youth coaches really have to do a great job of knowing they have a little embryo 
That's and you right. want to put them on the game that when they get better at it, when they get more skilled at it, they'll love it, you know, and they'll stay with it and they want to get better. You know, the, I always say it's, a, I said this to you earlier when we talked before, it's like, you want to give your kids the present of skills yeah. and what they want to do with that Christmas present after that is they feel like they have a new toy. What are they going to do with it? They're going to go play with it. So they're going to play with that basketball. They, they know how to come to a balanced stop. They know how to dribble the ball. They know the correct form in shooting a ball. If they know the correct form in shooting a ball and rep it out, and they're a they're an introverted kid that's going to spend time in their driveway shooting, what's going to happen? They're going to get better. And when they get better, they get confidence, and they love it even more. That's our job is to affect that. Wow. Uh, Doc, this is no, this has been. I mean, I could go, we could, we could talk, and it, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to have you back on if you don't mind, and we're going to, uh, we're going to continue these conversations because one, there's just you got a wealth of knowledge that I know we're going to get some positive comments on, and I want to share those with you. Um, you have a lot to share on the game, and you know, your, your 40 plus years of coaching and the success that you had. So, love to continue the conversation. Um, I always like to say this, Bill, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not old school. I'm the right school. <laughs> I love it that confidence. It ain't old school. It's the, it's right, the school. right school. There you go. All right, Coach. Uh, we're going to leave on that because that's awesome. Uh, thank Terrific. you again for this education in basketball. I've learned a ton. I know my listeners are going to learn a ton. Uh, and I can't wait to come visit you and watch a practice. So we'll talk Perfect. soon, Coach. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, my friend. Sports Social Podcast Network.